0: This week in Ottawa Business Journal's Behind the Headlines, the ups and downs of running a small business in a second state of emergency, a retail segment that's gliding to record sales, and an immigrant entrepreneur looks to pay it forward. All this and more coming up right now. Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines for the week ending January 15th, 2021. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Behind the Headlines is a regular podcast from OBJ to explore the most read headlines uh, of the uh, recent period. For the first time in 2021, I'd like to welcome my two colleagues, Peter Cavessi and David Sally. Hello to you both and all the best for 2021. Uh, Dave, we're going to start off with you. Uh, of course, the, the story of the week is certainly the second state of emergency and what that means for local business. Um, what were you hearing from uh, local
1: entrepreneurs and business operators this week, Dave? Uh, well, I as you can imagine, uh, yeah, they're not um, necessarily overly pleased um, with the new restrictions under the stay at home order for the next at least 28 days. Um, only uh, uh, you know sh- you, you can go shopping. Uh, there's curbside pickup, uh, but really it's a it's a pretty widespread crackdown on uh, most businesses. But as Mark Kaluski says, he's the chair of the Ottawa Coalition of Business Improvement Areas. Um, you know it's not necessarily um, these, these these rules uh, aren't necessarily applied evenly. In his mind, um, he's wondering why the Walmarts and the Costco's of the world, the big box stores are still allowed to be open and sell just about everything they want. Um, He he says, you know, if only groceries, uh, if you're only supposed to be buying things like groceries, why are they selling everything? They should only be allowed to, uh, to sell essential items. He thinks that's unfair. There's all kinds of questions about uh, um, the government, you know, encouraging people to stay home and yet they're still allowing for curbside pickup. So, you know, uh, should people be going out or not? So there's, you know, a lot of issues in that regard. Uh, and, you know, and speaking of, um, of, uh, perceived unfairness, I also talked, um, uh, uh last week, um, to, uh, to some, um, uh, skill operators who, uh, who really feel the same way that they're wondering, you know, um, why their business is is being singled singled out essentially like they're, you know, um, uh, tobogganing hills are open. The canal is going to be open. Ski hills are not being open. Meanwhile, over just across the river in Quebec, those hills are open, uh, albeit with a little tighter restrictions now due to the curfew. Uh, but still, the, the um, operators uh, like Calabougie Peaks, uh, they say they're losing millions of dollars in potential revenue, um, and they, and they just call it a devastating situation. Um, and all they can do is just that, uh, that hope uh, we flatten the curve and uh, and basically the, the, you know, you know, that we get back to um, uh, some sense of, uh, of being able uh, to lift some of these restrictions so that they can at least try and make some money this season.
0: I can't imagine how tough it is for Calabogie Peaks. You know, when I saw that revenue number, I don't remember exactly, but it was in the millions of dollars, as you indicated, Dave, whoa. That is a big impact. So let's hope, you know, at some point they'll be open soon. Peter, let's bring you into the conversation to get your take on uh, this latest uh, crackdown and, and uh, restrictive measures.
2: Well, it was you know it was a comment from uh, Steve Ball, the head of the uh, Ottawa Gatineau Hotel Association, that he made uh, actually to Dave uh, this week that that really stood out to me. So um, you know I think it was late uh, late last week that uh, the news broke that uh, Winterlude was going to be a a virtual event, and uh, in reacting to that, Steve said, "If there's any disappointment, it's that after ten or eleven months of this thing, public health still doesn't have a better sense of where the problem areas are." And you know I read that quote and, and I really thought about the implications and you know certainly we know that you know covid-19 case numbers are spiking and that you know more more measures are in, you know, inevitable and, and and needed. But it does seem that the only tool that uh, that uh, the authorities uh, feel that they have available to them are these, you know, incredibly broad restrictions. So, you know, when we're speaking to business owners and industry representatives, you know, I'm starting to feel like a lot of that there is a lot of frustration out there at the inability to pinpoint and really target transmission hotspots, which seems to be leaving authorities feeling that the only uh, response, the only tool that they have in their toolkit are these really broad sweeping measures that are inevitably causing so much collateral Economic
0: damage. Yeah, it's it's a good point you made there, Peter. It you know it's it's this balance of public safety versus businesses continue to operate, and you know I fear that's going to go on for months and months. Um, but it's not all uh, doom and gloom. Uh, Peter, one of the most fascinating aspects of this is while some businesses like Calabogie are suffering in such a profound way, like literally revenues go down to zero, there are some other businesses related to skiing that are recording uh, record uh, sales. So tell us about that, Peter.
2: Well, in short, demand for cross-country ski equipment is going through the roof. And uh, when it comes to this gear, retailers, uh, well-known names here in Ottawa, such as Kunstad, uh, Fresh Air Experience, and Bushtaka, say that uh, this season is actually ranking among their best despite the lack of uh, snow on the ground. Uh, This trend actually started last summer when uh, bikes started to fly off the shelves because, you know, people were looking for recreation and exercise, you know, opportunities, you know, at a time when maybe, you know, travel, there was more travel restrictions, Uh, other recreation opportunities were were, limited. Limited. And it, it actually seems that many consumers and retailers quickly realized that this trend would continue into the winter and uh, they rushed to appropriately equip themselves. So, you know, here's just one example. Uh, Kunstad told us that they sold a million dollars worth of cross-country skis before it had even snowed uh, late last hmm. year. Uh, some of the other retailers that OBJ spoke to were eagerly awaiting new shipments of uh, skis and boots in popular sizes because uh, there, uh, there are some um, uh, shortages of, uh, of the gear. And funny enough, it's not just skis. I'm not sure if you've seen uh, fat bikes that started popping up uh, three, four, five uh, years ago, those winterized bikes with the really, really uh, large tires. Uh, Bushaka said that uh, they had sold out before Christmas and uh, are continuing to get inquiries almost daily, uh, wondering if, they, if uh, customers can, uh, can place orders. Uh, but there is another part of this story Beyond just the the surging uh, demand, that I found really interesting. Some of these retailers told us that uh, they've been able to um, to, to to respond to, to this opportunity because they've refined their e commerce operations and become more efficient at fulfilling uh, these curbside pickup orders. So where, whereas um, a lot of businesses were uh, understandably caught off guard uh, last spring when uh, when they were forced to uh, to limit uh, in store uh, shopping, many more feel now that they're uh, in a more resilient position now to to respond. To, uh to the rapidly um to the, to the new new restrictions that that are often put in place
0: so such a good point peter because it's it you know we don't want to suggest anyone's business as usual right so they've had to embrace uh, e-commerce tools they've had to rework their procedures you know for curbside pickup and you know when it comes to uh, even cross-country skis, you got shoe size, you got length of uh, skis, length of poles and that type of stuff. So there is some level of uh, customization that needs to go on. So good for them. You know, good to hear that someone is uh, is uh, doing okay in this uh, environment. Dave, we're going to go to you for our last story. And it's a non-pandemic story. The pandemic, of course, is dominating everything these days, but, but uh, the other business does go on. And I, I think this is a really kind of cool story, Dave, about um, someone that came to Canada, uh, I think at the age of 18, and uh, had some entrepreneurial blood flowing through her, pulsing through her veins, and uh, helped her dad set up a business. And now, anyway, the point is she's trying to pay it forward to help other uh, Canadian
1: immigrant entrepreneurs. Tell us about this story, Dave. Well, that's right, uh, Mike, as you mentioned, uh, Carla Brown is... is, um very well-known name in the Ottawa business community. Uh, um, Even though she's still a a very young woman, she has already carved out a pretty big niche. She owns a Freshie restaurant. uh, uh, She owns a couple of global pet foods um, outlets. So she's done very well. But her family moved to Canada from Mexico when she was 18, as you mentioned, with their uh, and her dad was, uh, was a veterinarian. She helped him set up his clinic in Vanier. They were hoping for a better life in Canada and they found it. And now uh, Carla is, is, as you say, paying that forward. She knows all about the challenges that face immigrant entrepreneurs in Canada. And so she has decided she's going to put that knowledge to good use to, ha- um, in, in, in the hope of uh, of helping other entrepreneurs uh, maybe avoid uh, uh, some, of them, uh, some of the uh, issues that she encountered. So she set up an online um, series of modules, if you will. Uh, there's 10 of them. And uh, they uh, they each feature various video presentations on topics like uh, writing a business plan, securing financing, uh, hiring the right employees, all those things that every entrepreneur has to know. But that can sometimes be a little difficult for newcomers to Canada because of, you know, differences in the in business climates between countries, different regulations, all that sort of stuff. Like she says, sometimes uh, entrepreneurs might come to Canada, think they have a great business idea, um, but it might not necessarily be the right idea for Canada. So she's going to try and help them through these modules come up with. Um, with the right approach to do business in Canada, and she's also bringing in another cool concept. She's going to have these virtual office hours, um, whereby successful, uh, other successful immigrant entrepreneurs are going to come come online and and share some of their advice and offer mentorship as well um, and, um, to, uh, to 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 the, to the people taking part um, uh, in the uh, in the module program. Because, like she says. Uh, one of the things that immigrants lack the most is a network. They're new here. They don't, they don't have all those contacts that, um, that people who've lived here for uh, decades have built up. So she really wants to help them meet, uh, get to meet people virtually at least, uh, expand that network of connections and, and really hopefully, um, um, uh, get, um, get set on the path to building a successful business. Uh, so she said she's hoping to sign up about 20 students for the first first uh, cohort, um, uh, which have a fee, uh, there, there is a fee, it's $499. Students can go through the modules at their own pace. Uh, and uh, Bruno says she plans to um, to kind of relaunch the um, uh, a new co- cohort about four times a year. Um, and she just, you know, she's just really hoping that this is a way to, uh, to make immigrants feel like they're not alone and that they do have support um, uh, as, uh, as new entrepreneurs in Canada. So yeah, a really cool initiative.
0: Yeah. Great, uh, great uplifting story to, uh, to end on, but before we conclude, uh, Peter, uh, we had, uh, something I consider to be pretty exciting happen recently, which is the, Uh, publishing of our winter 2021 uh, quarterly news magazine. So you did hear right uh, quarterly, we will be publishing in, in print and digital edition this week and it was a big thick 72 page paper. Tell us what was inside of it, Peter
2: so uh i will say one of my favorite features inside uh the uh, the, the current edition of the news magazine is a uh, ron corbetts uh, interview with mark Monahan of uh, of blues fest it's a great in-depth look at what mark went through in 2020 the difficult decision to cancel the uh the uh the, 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 the concert how he adapted uh with the uh, with the drive-in series got sponsors on board and uh, really what his thinking is heading into 2021 so uh definitely please check uh, check that article out uh, all sorts of other great features just really in, in brief, uh, Dave uh, profiled uh, four of the Ottawa's top tech firms to be watching in 2021. Caroline Phillips did, had a great uh, tourism feature on uh, how hotels are really targeting the, uh, the staycation market. And of course, we have a regular uh, OBJ regional um, special report taking a look at some of the, uh, the businesses and economic trends happening across eastern Ontario. So to, uh, to check out the quarterly news magazine, you can go to obj.ca. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the, the thumbnail to read the digital edition.
0: Yeah, and already thousands of people have done that. So it's it's exciting to see us publish such a a big, robust issue. Peter, congratulations to you and Dave. You played a big role in it, and the broader team that had to come together uh, before Christmas and right after uh, right after the holidays to uh, to to make all that happen. Well, listen, guys, that's all the time we have uh, for today. Uh, reminder: this uh, podcast can be watched. Uh, or listen to in various ways. If you want to watch it, go to uh, YouTube, uh, be sure to follow and like us. You can all also listen to this uh, uh, regular podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and Twitch. Uh, The reminder that if you're looking for your daily dose of local business information, you should visit obj.ca, updated regularly throughout the day. And of course, if you never want to miss a uh, story, the best thing to do is to subscribe to OBJ Today, which is a weekday email newsletter, Monday to Friday. You can once again go to obj.ca slash newsletter slash sign up. So yeah, please do that. That's all the time uh, we have for today. Uh, So on behalf of my colleagues, Peter Cavessi and David Sally, I'm Mike Curran signing off. Hope to see you real soon, bye-bye.